Hello and welcome, it's me, Rodney Cyrus, back with you one more time. This is On and Off the Pitch, a sporting podcast. We are talking about football on the horizon. With the absence of current games, there is this long-distance view in terms of when will the games return and when they do, will the fans be a part of it? Joining me to talk about that and other things, as well as transfer nonsense, is Ty, who's a dedicated Spurs fan. How are you, Ty? How you doing, man? I'm yeah, glad. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad in these trying times. Yeah, we're locked down. Locked, locked in. Down. Locked, locked down locked and locked in. in. Everyone's got a tin of spam. <laughs> yep. <laughs> tin of spam. <laughs> tin of spam. Tin of corned beef and a tin of spam. There it is. Yeah, for real. Um, we were due to have um, Nick with us, but he's he's missing. And I, I believe that's probably because there's stuff going on, as, as with everyone now. So we are sending our thoughts out to Nick and everyone else who are... Who are having a slightly difficult time considering um, the, the concerns that we all face, but we still have time to talk about the trivial things in life, like football. <laughs> football, indeed. Right, football. Indeed. If fo- there is this ongoing thing, and I'm going to talk a, a lot about this uh, on another podcast as well, but um, with the absence of football, they say the absence makes the heart grow fonder stronger pining do you miss football um i think there are parts of it that i miss and there are parts of it that now that we've actually had a break and time to sort of reflect on you know some things that are actually more important than football i think there are parts that i miss and there are parts that have made me realize that actually you know i might need to reevaluate my my viewing choice when it comes to football and and what I deem to be, you know, entertainment and what I deem to just be, uh, you know, a little bit uh, much of a muchness. But I think that that's that's happened across the board. I mean, football, um, for some strange reason, and I'm going to say strange, Mm. has has become a topic of conversation um, in the current economical crisis, which, you know, I... I, I still don't understand. Um, I get it. Footballers earn a lot of money, as do other professions, as do other people. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. I've got mixed feelings over whether I would say that I mi- I, I miss football, but I, sometimes I, I don't really think I miss the circus that comes with it. Yeah, it's it's funny actually because we we a lot of people are actually talking about when um, the Premier League became the Premier League and reminiscing it in terms of the, the change from the old Division 1 as it was to the Premier League and the razzmatazz that Sky brought with it and they turned it into a, a, a an entertainment entity in itself. It moved away from from just being about the football and there was more of a focus on the, the build-up to the game in terms of what the players were doing, what the fans were doing, how they were getting involved, cheerleaders, you know, razzle-dazzle. And, and, and when you have an absence when you have time to think about football um you, you kind of think about well, all of the other stuff is just fluff and you don't really need it you don't really need to pay for it and you just miss you know two teams kicking a ball about trying to score goals in the opposition net and, and in, in essence that's what football really is about all of the other things that people talk about uh, and say that is really essential is almost like the, the sprinkles on top of a cake that's already been formed. The cake in itself is football. Everything else is just additional 
additional elements to it. It's not they're not essential parts. And with this whole, and this is something that I'll talk about again and in detail, and we've covered previously as well. Behind the behind closed doors, it's an economic thing. People de seem to think that football without fans isn't football. Well, in, in in reality, football without fans is still football. <laughs> there'll be two there'll be two teams playing football on the park, trying to score goals. You know, and that's and, the and, I, and I think you know that that's that's the part that I'll miss. Um, you know, the element of the game where it's still by in its very raw essence the the, the you know the focus of one team versus another trying to score score goals. Um, and I think you know, just touching on what you're saying there about you know the the sprinkling and the the, the fanfare and the the build up and whatever else. I think that um, the difficulty that we we've got now is is as football fans, the football family, uh, the football fraternity, is that we've we've almost created a little bit of a monster um, that goes along with the game, mm -hmm. um, and and you know whether we would care to admit it or not, we we've bought into that, um, you know we've bought into the the glitz and the glam and the you know, the, 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 the sort of superstar footballer um, based upon uh, elements other than, than whether they're actually good at football. Um, and, and so, you know, th that's, that's the sort of stuff that, for me, what I would like to see definitely is, is um, maybe sort of just a, a rethink on what, what fans actually want to see. Um, because I think that it's it's a it's a perfect opportunity now to change the the, the structure of of the way that that, that football's played, the platform that it's played on, and um, you know as we've said in in previous pods that you know the monopoly on on viewing um, uh, fans in stadiums versus fans at home is going to be an even more uh, a bigger uh, debate than it's ever been because we're now in a position as you've said continuously, uh, of becoming armchair fans, all of us, um, not by choice. Armchair, for a lot of, say for example myself, I supported Man United from a very early age. Geography wasn't my strong point at eight. So I had no idea that this Manchester United was not in London. You know, so you, you, you kind of like, they're on television. I like yeah. them. I want to follow them. I like this brand, Robson. I want to be him. I want. Do you know what I mean? You want to. Yeah. You want to. You want to see because you see it on TV. You have no idea in terms of the, the geography as it was back then in terms of how far away that team was or is. And I was an armchair supporter at the age of eight. I watched the games on television, and there were many children up and down um, this country and across the world where they're watching football that has absolutely nothing to do with their immediate geography. They're not even, the club they're watching and say they like, they're not even within 10 miles of where they live, but they say yeah. they like it. And, you know, there is this, not so much myth, there is this belief that, you know, unless you go to the game, there was all this one, unless you go to the game, you're not a true fan. Well, that, that's not true. Unless you have a season ticket, you're not a true fan. Well, that's not true. You know, unless you buy a shirt or, or a replica kit, you're not a true fan. Well, that's not true. There are so many extra additional elements to football, because it is about the players on the pitch that are playing the game, that have been thrown into this 
kind of it's not even so much a, a cake you couldn't call it like a a buffet that, that that's this day everyone keeps going up and saying i want this and i want this and i'll have some of that as well so when you strip away all of the extras that you're paying for and you think really i don't need any of that i don't need that and i don't need that i just need the the actual content that is football then you strip away all of the fluff and and with that you kind of put it back in a sense the economic sense what everyone's talking about we're looking at this look football in terms of the economic impact that it has or not doesn't have or it does have as a social impact or social ent entity um all of that other stuff you kind of think well we, we only like you for the football that you play i like the, the memories that i have of you as a footballer of brian robson or mark hughes or lee sharp isn't because they had a twitter account or an instagram account or do you know exactly. what I mean? It was like exactly. what they did on the pitch. So all of the extra stuff that we have is, for me, not part of football. They're, they're add-ons which are not necessarily fundamental. But you know, considering we're in this this moment, as as Jose would say, in the in this moment, <laughs> uh, we are all armchair supporters. I want to ask you about him as well because he got into a bit of trouble. Um, I'm definitely, and this is for, for for those who are listening. I put a tweet out to FIFA, uh, and it was on, and I said, you know, is there any opportunity that you could show some of your old World Cups? If you go onto FIFA on YouTube, uh, they've got the old classic Italy Brazil 1982. Oh, yeah, it's on there, and I'm like thinking, thank you very much. So. Even though people are talking about there isn't any new original content in terms of football being played, the football that is on offer on FIFA's channel is very much available for everyone to watch. Old World Cup games, classics, absolute classics. And, you know, for, for anyone who likes football and think I need to dip back in and not just talk about the Premier League when it was 95 or 96, you know, just kind of educate your mind beyond what we have currently and see see a little bit more a little bit more definitely i'll take a look at that because i wasn't even aware that was a thing oh yeah it's definitely yeah. there definitely there you know um in terms of football behind closed doors and this is a, a contentious point for some individuals some have said they will not watch it they refuse to watch it pretty much like me refusing to watch boris johnson's press release i refuse to watch it <laughs> um but i'm going to comment on it anyway uh, in Germany, uh, I think it's uh, Mütchen Gladbach, uh, because German leagues, the German league are considering playing football behind closed doors. They've said that they'll get cardboard cutouts of fans um, because they seek into return because their because their country is you know slightly more advanced in terms of testing and and how they're coping and dealing with the coronavirus and everything else. They're looking to get the football back as quickly as possible. Um, Obviously, that is not necessarily the same in the UK in terms of the testing. But, you know, there is another country now who's probably going to put forward something that other leagues will look at and think, can we have a bit of that? Because football is a business. And if you're a business, the one thing that you really are concerned about is bringing in the money. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, just 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 talking on that, um, you know, we've had various conversations around what format, um, you know, uh, playing the games behind closed doors would represent, whether, you know, there'd be a virtual crowd and whatever. I think 
um, you know, the, the the reality of of that scenario now is is quite serious. Mm. Um, it's seriously being considered. Um, what 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 kind of troubles me at the moment is not so much that there are other countries that are thinking about doing it. Is 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 the 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 lack of appetite from the FA to 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 sort of formulate a plan there doesn't seem to be it's a watch and wait it seems like we'll see what they're doing in germany we'll see what they're doing in spain and you know if it works for them then it will work for us and i think that this is where my sort of my dissatisfaction rests at the moment with with the premier league mm-hmm. um there, there, there's a lot of money that supporters have invested in watching their favorite clubs mm-hmm. and and i don't think for a minute that um, the majority of fans would turn their noses up at having to watch a game on TV, as the majority of fans have always had to watch a game on TV. Um, <laughs> you, you know, a stadium can only hold 70,000 people. Uh, Man United have got a fan base of over a million, which suggests to me that a higher percentage of their fan base is armchair supporters than actually turning up at Old Trafford um, every other weekend. And so, for me, the FA needed to to do something. The Premier League needed to do something that was palatable um, for all supporters and not just for gate receipts and, you know, the immediate, um, you know, financial uh, benefit that that the club has from having match day intake uh, of of cash, influx of cash. So, look, if, if, if the players are fit, if the, the the football clubs have got the right infrastructure, and it has to be the the the, the thing about it, it has to be from the the top of the league to the bottom of the league. A lot of people are talking about the top teams when they're talking about playing the games behind closed doors. What does that look like for you know Watford? What does it look like for Burnley? No disrespect to these clubs. What does it look like for them to have to play their fixtures with no fan base, with no 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 gate receipt? Mm. Um, because at the end of the day, you know, it, it for me, um, aside from the financial loss, it's a very, very um, a, a good leveller. It's a good leveller. Um, for for many years, we've talked about the twelfth man at Anfield. Um, you know, the, the the supporters that influenced the referee at Old Trafford. Um, you know, the cauldron atmosphere that you've got at Newcastle. You know, now it, you know playing eleven against eleven in a totally empty stadium, that changes the dynamics of mm-hmm. the energy within the ground. So, I think that it's a good thing that they're going to do it. Um, if they do it, if they ever manage to do it. I'm just disappointed with the fact that it's being discussed as a business reason as opposed to, you know, our football fans have invested and supported for years and years. And although we can't give them the full package, let's give them a a glass half full. Mm. That's not the narrative. What what it sounds like is we've got to play the games because of business reasons, etc, etc, etc. And so that... Because that is the mindset and the narrative, that's where my fear comes in. If the, the Joe blogs in the street like myself gets a hint of the fact that actually, you know, whether I give you uh, a 700 or a 1,000 or 1,100 pound a year for a season ticket, um, you don't actually, it, it's not important to you whether I'm there or not. What's important is the revenue you get from advertising mm-hmm. and your contractual obligation. I'm, I'm not sure if 
if the gates are, you know, the attendances are still going to be that high. Well, mm. to be honest with you, I don't, I don't know. I mean, if you look at society now, would you, would you agree that there's going to be a portion of people now that will find comfort or be more comfortable with staying at home? I, I put my, I put my all, all those in favour. Raise your listen. <laughs> uh, right now, I'm already reevaluating when I see people. Do I want to shake your hand? Yeah, that, straight you know, away. Just the, you know, just because of, just generally, just because, you know, yeah. you're telling me to wash my hands every twenty seconds. I can't do that, or twenty minutes. You can't do that when you're out and about. So you look at people and you think, you know, all I'm going to do right now is say hello. Um, there are no guarantees in terms of how people are, are, are going to treat and view the world of football. Some will dive straight back in because one, they'll dive into the pub and get drunk and, you know, jolly. And then they'll try and go to the football. And then because of that, because there is no definite end date in, in view uh, with regards to the coronavirus, the only thing that actually is on the horizon, which some people may not like it because they've been in this desert of, of, of football, the heat, the absence of the football is, is, is causing individuals to, to hallucinate even football games. That football in any foot, yeah, you know, like you're, you know, one of those carry on films, the heat, they're walking across the desert and they see something that isn't really there. Yeah. You can see now, people will be dying for to watch football in any form that it comes. And even this week, uh, Roy Hodgson, um, there's an article in The Guardian, and he is basically says he doesn't want no artificial no artificial means to end the Premier League. This is his statement, basically, in The Guardian, saying that, you know, there is, um, everyone is in total agreement, this is what he's saying, that we need to end this season, and uh, it's also that they could actually have a shortened break between this this season and the next season. So it, from a footballing point of view, the footballers want to conclude, you know, they're not looking to bin away 2020. They know that 2020, as the end of 2019-20 season, it needs to be concluded before they go on to the next one. Because in their mind, something just wouldn't fit right if they they began this this epic journey, all of them, to say, you know what, let's just give up. You know, let's just let's all yeah. give up on what we just did and let's all you know because there will be no equity and it won't be equitable across all of the the teams in the league as you've mentioned in terms of of those teams like the Watfords and even Crystal Palace where Rohoshan is if they can play behind closed doors if they can stream their games if they can get to a point where they're actually asking the fans to give me a portion of the money that you were going to give me to watch the game live in the stadium and you can access it from the comfort of your own home with a couple of tins from your local co-op or whatever store that's got Best Buys and you get your 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 popcorn or your snacks in and you can sit down and watch the game there, then that's what you'll do. I don't necessarily think they'll probably want, they won't allow it to be shown in pubs. I, I, they'll probably say you cannot do it because they can they can actually do that. Certain, get, certain pubs were allowed to show games live on television where people were unable to watch them at home. They might reverse it if they want to make sure that fans don't congregate in one area. So from a footballing point of view, 
Um, football in itself is, is a cold-hearted business. It isn't necessary. They want revenue to come in as much as they say that they need fans to be there. What they need fans to be is not only patient, but to be there in the long run. But considering they have no idea when this situation is going to end, if they can get any money in, it doesn't matter how they're doing it, if they can get any money in, you know, they will take it. And business needs to be relevant, whatever the business is. And a business that isn't relevant means it's not make it's not successful and it's not bringing in revenue. And as, as much as individuals uh, uh, want to talk about, you can't say that, it, you're going to have to then ask the question, where do you expect the clubs to get any money from to pay whatever staff they have or even say that they are viable to go and buy the players that you say you want them to buy? You know, it's a catch-22. They're not going to pull the money out of thin air. I know some clubs are trying to get it from the government, but that's another thing, you know, totally. Um, so from from my point of view, I think that it's it's uh, it's something that will probably happen, even though it's, it, there are some that say they don't want it to happen. They don't want to see football behind closed doors. Uh, the reality is uh, that this situation cannot go on forever. At some point, the elite few who have been tested um, will be able to go and play football behind closed doors. And, and the crux of it isn't so much what's happening in Germany. It's the, uh, if I, his name escapes me, and it's, I apologise, it's it's the guy who's uh, responsible for the um, MMA fighting, you know, and he's, he says he's going to try and get an island available so that his fighters can go to the island with a medical team, yeah, and fight, and 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 then and because everyone will be starved of all kind, any kind of sport, you'll probably make a, a decent amount of money by providing it on pay per view, and everyone will tune in. Anyone, Absolutely. anyone who isn't even a fight fan will go, "Whoa, life sport! Blimey, I'm on some of that. Yeah, I'm dying for some life sport." You know, uh, people who are only interested in snooker will say, "You know what? I'll give it a go." So, do you think? Um... Do you think that when and if they decide to, to, to play the games behind closed doors, do you think that they will, do you think that that will become a thing? Not to say that they'll do away with, with, with crowds. I think that, um, you know, the, the, slightly going off subject, but, but re very relevant. You've got... Um, clubs at the moment um, that have been penalised for racism and various various other things. And one of their punishments has always been to, to have to play games behind closed doors yeah. because their fans have got no behaviour. Yeah. Do you think that if they, you know, and this is going to be global, this is not just about the Premier League, if, if countries now start to adopt the let's play games behind closed doors culture, um, do you think that there would be scope even for certain fans or certain fans to of, of certain football clubs that that have notoriously been known for um, you know poor poor behaviour and, and not being able to control their crowds and whatever for for those clubs to to have um, more than a game or a competition maybe to say okay this season you're going to have to play your games behind because it seems as though. The, the narrative to play games behind closed doors now is is a viable option and it's the only solution we've got. Two or three months ago, that was a punishment. Yeah, well, this is the thing. You, you, you reminded me of something that everyone is saying they turned their nose up at, you know. 
But how many of us have watched games on the international stage where there's been no crowd because the fans have been banned? Yeah. But we've all watched it and said, did you watch the game? Yeah. Everyone watched the game because they wanted to watch the football. What yeah. what happens is, is people get caught up with the the sound of the crowd as part of the actual entertainment. Take a walk through your local park when it's back on and see people playing football. Nine exactly. times out of ten, you'll stop and watch for a bit because that's what you do. You see, you see any sporting activity taking place, you watch. It, with regards to it being like a long-term thing, I don't know if, if, if that would happen simply because you've got major competitions such as the uh, Champions League and Europa League and the World Cup where they make the bulk of their revenue. Uh, it's particularly the World Cup uh, from travelling fans. But does uh, it become a disadvantage? That, my point is, is that, you know, if, 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 if you've used something as a punishment, that you're now all of a sudden going to try and repackage and say, well, actually, um, this is an option for us going forward to actually enjoy the game. But when and if things can't become normal again, saying to someone you're going to have to play a game behind closed doors all of a sudden doesn't won't have what, the same what, impact as, what, as what, they'll just shrug their shoulders and say, OK, what it will force them to do is reevaluate the sanction that they give out with regards to that kind of incident. Because they will no longer be able to say, you've got to play behind closed doors. And that means absolutely nothing because you'll say, well, you know, that's anything because we don't really need the gate receipts because the game's going to be televised anyway. Exactly. So even they get money from the Champions League. If you said to them, you've got to play the game behind closed doors and it's not being televised and we're not giving you any TV money, and you're not yeah. going to get coverage, and your press office is going to have to do their own PR and send out a report and tell and people... Your, and your sponsor and won't pay and you and, and that you, premium then for that's that, a, for that that's, game, yeah. That's a totally different ball game. But, yeah. but you can see now with the whole issue that we have with the, the coronavirus that everyone's looking at playing behind closed doors. And I say everyone, the football clubs are looking because they don't want to walk away from money. They're a business. And for them to actually say that this season has been written off, they're going to have to actually say to some of the fans, as Manchester United have done, we'll give you a refund for some of the games you've missed this season, or you can take off a percentage, the same value of the, 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 the next season. The problem with that is the minute you write off this season, you're not in a position to say when the next season begins because the coronavirus is running to its own timetable. It is literally a moving it's moving quickly, but it's not moving quickly. It's moving like a snail, but it's moving in a snail, like in, almost in a, in a blancmange style. It's just spread out. Yeah, and, and I, I don't think, I don't think, um, I think the problem with, with sort of even playing the games behind closed doors, as you said, and finishing the season is the the expectation for everything to revert back to normal on, mm. on the next season because you know for the fan who's got a season ticket what you're basically saying to him is you know we'll give you a portion of the money back for the games that you missed um you know i i disagree with that i think that i bought a season ticket to see a season um if you can't show me a season offering me the money back for the games that i didn't see well how do you know i was even going to go to those games well, 
you, you know, what you should be doing is giving me the money back for the, the, the item I purchased because the item I purchased is null and void. You, so the item I purchased is a season ticket for a season. Um, you're trying see. to give me, you're trying to give me money back for something I didn't even know whether I was yeah. going to or not. Yeah. But I, I bought the season ticket in good faith that I would see out a season. Now, if I spend my season ticket money with you as a club and decide not to go to the games. That's my choice. Mm. Um, what you're telling me is, is that you're going to give me money back for something I don't know if I was ever going to use. Mm. Um, so you've not given me anything back. You need to give me the money back for what I didn't receive, which is a season worth of football. Yeah, I can see. I can see the, the, the legal team from every football club saying, no, we can't do that. No, no, no. No, 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 no. No, like the guy from um, yeah. the vicar of Mrs. Dibley. He's, he's yeah. no, 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 no. And, and but, but for me, it's it's a valid argument. I don't think that, um, I think it's, a, it's for me, I, I, I would hate to be the person who has to determine what that looks like, the season ticket, the gate receipts, whatever, how, how, the refunds for, for, for fans. I think if you if you wanted to do anything decent at all would be to actually um, just offer them a subsidised season ticket for next year. Mm, well, based, uh, on, based on based on based on what, whatever you're going to refund them for the games that they didn't see this year, mm, which I think is I don't just don't morally I don't think that's right. I think if you're prepared to do that, then take that same amount of money off of next season's tick. Um, uh, because because like you said, you're giving me with a you don't know when the season's going to finish, so you know you're giving me the money back. So you've decided that okay, the season's going to be played behind closed doors, the rest of it, so we're just going to give you the money back for those games that you would have missed. But that's not... I don't think that that's something that you can do as a solution. I think what you've got to do is you've got to manage the fact that this has happened and you've got to sort of try and with whatever marketing strategy you've got to get supporters back on side and spending that season ticket money again. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, who's to say that um, this doesn't happen again. Are our football clubs and the professional bodies going to be looking for medical reassurance that, you know, and, and how does it change? Um, how does it change the insurance policies moving forward for football? Um, it, it's a can of worms for you know, it, it, I, I honestly <laughs> don't envy the person who's got to unpick it all because, you know, everybody's going to want their pound of flesh out of this, I'm telling you. Well, they, they're already trying to do that now. Before we get on to the next point, I'm going to... Uh, a quick reminder for those, if you haven't already, uh, we had some previous podcasts. There's a Rich and Rod's WSL Takeout, the last one I did with Rich and Emma, so back in five. Uh, the last one, Follow the Money, will be talked in detail uh, about uh, the Premier League and the furloughing position and you can catch also the interview I did with the Lewis Women's FC General Maggie, uh, Manager uh, Maggie Murphy, couldn't almost get my words out of there, Maggie, Maggie, Maggie Murphy, Maggie Murphy. Um, fantastic um, individual doing great stuff in the game uh, and a very nice person as well. Um, you know let's move away from the whole behind closed doors and everything else, you know as a Spurs fan type you know, Daniel Levy's taking a lot of heat, isn't he, with this whole furlough thing? 
he's taken a lot of heat, but I think, to be honest with you, and um, we're all sitting at home bored. Everybody wants you know we're on lockdown. I don't. I actually don't think it's 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 going to carry any water. Um, I don't think it's gonna it, it's gonna fizzle out. There'll be something else um, to talk about sooner or later. I think that you know the the, the longer this continues. The, the 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 talk of companies furloughing staff will become more and more natural. Um, you know, look, if, if you put it into perspective, Primark furloughed staff, Ryanair furloughed staff, TUI have furloughed staff. You know, it, the big, big businesses who have got millions and millions of pounds of revenue income annually have had to take a look at this model just to sustain um and i don't i don't necessarily agree with it because i think that you know organizations you know who have got uh, permanent members of staff should try and, and look after them but at, at the same time you know we, why do we think like that why do we think like that as human beings? Is it because these companies or the government take so much national insurance out of a wage? Mm. Is it because, you know, actually I feel like I've got a God-given right to secure my employment because of the amount of taxes I pay? So maybe, mm. you know, let's have a look at, instead of sort of saying uh, to companies, you know, you're out of order, look at, look at what you've done. Maybe looking at the reasons why they've done it. You know, the tax bill, right for companies to keep employment going without any revenue income is ridiculous so so you're going to offer to pay 80 percent in salaries what about pensions what about sickness benefits what about all the other benefits what about all of the the perks that you get along with your contractor you know who's paying for those because mm. they still have to be paid for you've just offered to pay 80 percent of the salary you know so th th these are decisions that companies are going to have to make and they're going to have to base those decisions upon what revenue they're actually making an in, uh, they're making their income from. At the moment, revenue is not coming from gate receipts. It doesn't look like there's any revenue coming from anything named um, advertising because you know no one's advertising. So, yes, he's in a lot of trouble at the moment um, in terms of what the, 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 they've been highlighted in terms of what they've done. But I don't actually think. I think it's 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 all part and parcel of the situation that we're in. Mm. It's something to focus on. Yeah, I, um, do you know something? With with, with some thought, in, in comparison, when we had Nick last time, with with Liverpool, they took a lot of heat from their own fans and former players. With yeah. Spurs, it, there hasn't necessarily been the same level of conversation about Daniel Levy because it's almost like people just shrug their shoulders and go, "It's Daniel Levy. He don't care about anything. He has he, you know, and the fans know." that he's not going to spend money and he knows that he's not going to spend money. So by telling everyone he hasn't got any money, it kind of puts him in a position where he goes, well, when it comes to the transfer window, I'm not spending any money because I've told you I haven't got any money. So yeah, that's, that's going to create a different problem for him though. And for Spurs as a football club, because if you're looking at it from that angle. Well, I think he's, he's fireproofed himself. That's what well, he's Spurs done. Have to do, yeah, he may have fireproofed himself, but Spurs have to spend money. Well, look, I'll be honest with you, you know, Spurs are one of the clubs, can you, when you look at it, Newcastle not in the Champions League, Spurs in the Champions League, they were in, so they had revenue. Liverpool in the Champions League, they had revenue from that. You know, they so, won it. And they, and they won it, you know, and they won the World Cup. So Spurs aren't, are not necessarily a poor club because they've had financial um, revenue coming in for Champions League for a number of seasons. The difficulty for some fans is they'll look at that and think, how's that going to play out? But, you know, when we talk about transfers 
and, and the players that some clubs want to buy or they're linked to, like for example, the biggest thing this week or the, the last five days or so has been Harry Kane supposedly going or being rumoured to be linked with Manchester United and some stupid figures. 200 million. I mean, how can you say you've even got no money but you're quoting 200 million for a player? It's, it's for me, it's ridiculous on both sides. I think that, again, I think that people are just finding things to do because they're on lockdown. Why the hell would Harry Kane want to go to Man United right now? Because of Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, everyone's saying. Because of Bruno Fernandes. And, it's an and, absolute, and... absolutely ridiculous fact, statement. Bruno Fernandes is no way, shape or form any better on ev- on evidence so far than Lo Celso. You know, these guys have paid, what, a handful of games for their clubs? Yeah. And all of a sudden, people want to leave something. Do you want to swap sure for unsure based on somebody that's come along and had a, a good few games? Man United, what, what, what I think there is, yeah, just like there is, uh, um, you know, the spin doctors in central government at the moment mm. who are trying to create a, a, mm. a feeling of unrest amongst the public, yeah? Um, and, and they're taking factual situations and going with it. I think the same's happening in football. Um, I think that people are just trying to generate fake news. But Harry Kane's... If it could, uh, well, I can't even get my words out. He, <laughs> he on, on Spurs' website, go and look at what Harry Kane says. He says, I'm not leaving... Oh. I am staying at least another season. And he's had that conversation with Mourinho. Yeah. Right? He has been crying out for player to be invested in for Spurs to challenge for a trophy. And what people have to remember is this. He's a Spurs fan. He's a product of Tottenham Hotspurs. He's mm. not someone we purchased who's grown to love Spurs. He's the Matt Letizia of Spurs. Okay? He will go if... There is no other chance, and he may, he still may not, because mm. he loves the club so much. And I know that might sound like an unheard of thing nowadays, but in football, there are actually characters like this. There are actually characters who love the game more than money. And mm. Manchester United now don't. I mean, Man City don't even have. All they've got is finance. They haven't even got the same clout. The mm. only club right now that you could honestly look at and say, I want to join that club because that club is playing good football and they're winning things, is Liverpool. Whether anyone likes it or not. Yeah, that is the... If if Harry Kane was sitting there now saying, oh, you know, if Liverpool came in for me, I would struggle. I get it. They've won the Champions League over and over again. They've, They've blown everyone out of the water in the league. So I get it. But to say that he's going to leave... Spurs to go to Man United for what an extra fifty grand? Yeah, he's not, what, getting, uh, he's not you, getting any Champions League football there, is well, he? Well, this is this is the thing. This is the thing. <laughs> there are so many. There are so many, uh, as they say, permutations to this scenario. The the spin doctors that are there. I know that the Manchester United uh, chief exec has hired a former journalist to be part of some his his own personal PR. And Man United in this current climate. Are linked to everything that has a pulse. Yeah, you know they they link they're linked to Grealish, they're linked to Madison, they're linked to Sancho, they're linked to Kane, they're linked to the Sun newspaper. You know they link they probably try to buy the Sun newspaper. They're linked to anything that has a heartbeat and a pulse right now. So when you see those stories, you kind of look at it and you have a little bit of a pinch of salt. What 
what stands out for me that even in this current crisis that everyone's facing and where people are going to have to actually reevaluate their money we talked about that at the beginning in terms of revenue coming in for clubs that there can be this rumor that a player is going to be valued 200 million no one's spending that money anymore those, no one those figures <laughs> nobody <laughs> People are worried about buying salt and, and rice. People who can't even cook rice are buying rice. That Who's spending 200 million pounds from where? On what? Uh, that, why? You know? It's going to be very hard to justify, yeah. isn't it? But, well, but, the but, thing but... is, it's not so much hard to justify. What you have is is the, the acolytes that say he's worth that amount of money. Yeah, in the old world, when people would spend money frivolously, now everyone's having to cut their cloth accordingly. You know, football is going to have to change the way it presents itself with everyone. Because not everyone is going to buy back into the thing that they they once attended and, and, and they went to and all of those other things. And it really is, I don't know, it's a kind of like an eye-opener. It's 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 the one part of the, the 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 media when you talk about sports that they have to say you know two hundred million. I'm like, who is doing that? You know, I don't get it. Every club is, you know, the big clubs: Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Juventus. They've it's like reduced the their rate, staff. No, they've reduced their staffing paid by seventy percent. They've cut it down. Reduced it. They've knocked it right down. All of a sudden, the club. To, who, who are you getting that money from? Just seriously, more more debt because United are already in debt. They're, they're not a, a club in a, in a good financial position because the owners have been taking money out and they haven't repaid the debt. So there's this thing that people have thrown this kind of like figure and said, oh yeah, that's what it's called. They have no idea. Think, well, who's paying for that? Where's the money coming from? Where's the good housekeeping? Where is it coming from? I don't understand. Well, you're talking about a club who was happy to spend half a million pound on salary for somebody who's still, who they're still paying salary. Oh, Sanchez. They're, 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 oh, gosh. Yeah, I mean, they're, 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 they're still on the book. They're still on the book. And this is why I'm saying, you know, some of the talk about transfers and Harry Kane being linked with United mm. and whatever else, they don't make sense. Mm. They absolutely don't make sense, you know. And 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 as a Spurs fan, I I do believe um, because I'm also a Harry Kane fan. Mm. I'm a, I'm a Harry Kane fan. There's 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 players of other football clubs that I'm a massive fan of. I'm a fan of Harry Kane. If Harry Kane said that he had to leave Spurs, I'd be okay with it. Because he has given that club absolutely everything. Mm. Yeah? He 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 has he, he's put a shift in any at any time arcs. He's gone out on loan, he's learned his trade, you know, he's scored goal after goal after goal for them, he's been a talisman for them, he's been a captain for them. And 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 you know, Nobody wants to finish the season, their, their career like Alan Shearer. Yeah? Well, he won the Premier League, he's all right. Yeah, but you so, see, the thing is this, yeah? That, that, I, I, again, I do Shearer a, dis, a, a disjustice. Um, he, he did win a Premier League, but I think in terms of, of of trophies in his cabinet, I mean, he's got probably he's got a Premier League medal, and if, you know, if he fancied himself enough, he could probably go and get a replica Premier League trophy and put it in his house. But, you know, that... You, in terms of trophies, winning silverware, um, Harry Kane, for him to finish his career with nothing, mm. for me, would be uh, it would be it, it would be an injustice on 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 the British game. And I think that you can't keep players and hold players to ransom. You know, he is worth um, a lot more than what Spurs are paying him now. Um, 
commercially, not necessarily uh, the basic uh, wage, because um, I don't think no footballer is worth what they're being paid on a basic wage. I think it's madness. Um, but I think that this situation is going to redress all of that. I, I, I really do. I think that the days of somebody, the Sanchez is getting half a million pounds, um, you know, being offered to them, those days are done. And, you know, I think players, because um, clubs have taken the stance of, you know, um, reducing players' wages and whatever else, yeah, players should now know if they don't, didn't know before that, you know, you're not these untouchable creatures, these gods who, you know, can demand money when everybody else is living in poverty. Um well, and that's that's it, what I think the massive change is going to come from. It, it, it's actually, you know, the question that I had linked to this is, what's happened to the what's going to happen to the football agent who who does the demand? Because it's the football agent now. You know, where are they? Where do they fit in? Well, well, why can't why can't football, yeah, be exactly the same as 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 any other industry? And and when I say that, I mean. You know, people might argue that, you know, we're, we're picking on football as a sport. Um, but, you know, primarily we're, we're discussing football. If, you know, if you want to discuss American football or snooker or basketball, I'm quite happy to do that. But as a subject, um, I don't think that there's going to be any sort of way that football can survive in its current format with all the money that and the trappings that have been spent on it. And I, I don't think that... Um, I don't. Th I think the format will change. I think it will change. It has to change. I don't see why footballers, you know, it's a job. Why do you have a trial, yeah, and if you're good enough, they'll offer you a contract. Mm. You know, all of this stuff where people, uh, and I mean, you know, it got ridiculous. Some some managers were watching players on YouTube. This it's, it's just got ridiculous. Well, the, do you I'll know what I mean? What, they're they're going to have to do a lot more of that. No, I think what you were saying about the agent, I think is very, 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 very real. I well, mean, how, he, much did, how much did Pogba's agent well, get no, bring no, him well, back he, to United? He, he, apparently, he got quite a bit of money. And he, he, got the, he got the same as what Man United got. Well, well the, the, the thing <laughs> for me is that, you know, because of this situation, players have had to take a reduction at some clubs and... And you know they've offered donations to to, to a number of different charities uh, with regards to their salary, and some clubs have kind of furloughed the payment of their players, but the, the players are still on, so they've deferred it, and for like three, four months down the road, um, you can't then keep saying to players, "We're going to pay you." hundred grand a week, or so. You know, you there are people out there who don't get a hundred grand a year. Exactly. You know, you know, I don't even want to go and say which sectors of society I'm talking, but just generally, they don't get that a year. So you know, and everyone has to live accordingly and live within their means, as as my mom would say, put your hat where you can reach it, not beyond your reach. It's it, there is a very different way of looking at the things now, and this it's not necessarily. It won't be the dumb thing to say. Oh yeah, that player is two hundred million. He deserves. Like, no. It, it, and for some people, they'll have that conversation and they'll just go into it automatically and they'll totally forget what we've been going through and how people have had to reevaluate their lives and reassess what they do and reassess how they've been perceived because of what they do in terms of uh, their job, whether it's in sport or anything else. Uh, the value of things for some have changed. 
and and what is and and what is worth and worthy uh, for individuals to be offered. And you know, um, don't get me wrong, football has has as a business has kind of morphed into this thing that we kind of talk about, and there's the agents, and it's kind of like a theatre show, and there's the glitz and the glamour and the rumour, and it's like Hollywood, and you know, but it come it boil it boil it down to its basics. It's just about two teams playing football. Yeah, and school, and that's what it really, you know, that's what I fell in love with when I was. I didn't know anything else, you know. Fortunately, I had no idea what was going on. I just thought, oh, that was a great game. That was a great goal. Did you see the way he crossed the ball? Did you see how he jumped for the header? Brilliant. That was it. So, do you do you think then? Do you think then that there's going to come? There's going to get. It's going to football's going to get to a point where, you know, this two hundred, three hundred grand a week offering is, is going to stop do you think that this next transfer window because again people are talking about the transfer window um you know the transfer window for me um needs reviewing anyway it's 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 become a show in it on its own yeah you know it's actually become a show that's got nothing to do with football anymore it's like you know they've actually got a, a tick on me sort of saying well this is how much money we've spent in this track who cares no one cares i just want to know whether you bought a defender for tottenham I just want to know if you've bought a, 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 a player. I don't yeah. want to know how much money football's generated in this transfer window. As a fan, I've got zero interest in that. I don't yeah. know why you're showing it to me. It means nothing to me. Um, you know, how much money spent on deadline day. I want to know if we've got a player before mm-hmm. deadline day. Um, you know, for me, I think that the, the transfer window is too long anyway. Um, oh. And it should finish before the season starts. I mean, who, who thought of that? Uh, where someone can still buy your players when the season's already begun. Um, again, just the whole thing is tearing up and looking at, and I think there needs to be a cap on what 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 players can offer, clubs can offer, and also I think that the offer of of money should be based upon a person whether they're free or whether they are within contract. Because if you're within contract, yeah. Um, I think that when you sign a contract, I think that the only way that you can leave that club before your contract ends is if you ask to leave. Wow. Wow. Because couldn't you imagine getting a job in any other industry where you apply for the job, you get recruited, yeah? And then, based upon whether or not, you know, you've done well or not you know someone else can come in and they can say to you they can say to your employer actually that's a fantastic member of staff you've got there we'll pay you some money for him you know no discussion with the employer can you imagine you're working for whatever industry you work in and and your boss says to you sorry rod um you, you know we've got a better offer for you you're gonna have to go and work over like seriously like so the whole thing of people saying you know they're tied into a contract they're only tied into a contract when you don't want to sell when you want to sell the contract doesn't get discussed mm. you know and that's and that's the bottom line you know i'm i'm conscious uh, of time but also uh, one more thing that i wanted to ask before we wrap this up uh, obviously with the the lack of football to watch apart from those if you're watching you can watch uh, fifa uh, on YouTube, great games to watch there. Um, well, old World Cups. Uh, question: If and this is one you mentioned, Ty. If you had to support a team other than the one that you currently support, uh, which one would it be, or who would it be? Um, at the moment, probably Dulwich Hamlet. Mm. 
non-league, you know, team that has good numbers. Yeah. They have good numbers on match day. Yeah. Um, and actually a real feel, because um, I've been I've been to a couple of their games. Mm. Um, a real a real feel good, um, feeling on match day. You know, there's no cameras, there's no media, there's, and there might be one or two local reporters sort of like reporting on the, the game, the fixture, whatever. But most of the people who are there are supporters of the people on the pitch. They know them personally. They're, they've, they're, they've, they're affiliated with the club. I just think that football is going to change now and you're going to get the champagne drinkers who are happy to go and spend £1,000, £2,000 on season tickets and the rest of Joe Public who have actually been through a hard time and harder days to come. I mean, let's let's put it into context. People are talking about when the football season is going to start. The schools haven't opened yet. Businesses have lost. People have buried people in their families without even being able to see them. Mm. The, the 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 fabric of the community of society as you know our DNA has changed. Our blueprint has changed. So people worrying about you know whether or not Harry Kane's worth two hundred grand or whatever. They're living in a bubble. Do you know, we, 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 we have to reevaluate everything we do now. Mm. <laughs> so, we do, we do, we do. You know yeah. what, um, to answer the question, I mean, I've, I've, I've not been to watch Dulwich Hamlet, um, but I've been to watch Dulwich Hamlet women. Yeah, so Dulwich Hamlet, got the know, men's teams, it's yeah. a very, very bubbly day. Yeah, they have, they've very got about 3,000 they go on, on yeah. match days. So yeah, yeah. it's quite good. Got a yeah, nice meal deal from Sainsbury's yeah. next door. <laughs> yeah. They let you bring it in. Yeah. You know? And they've and they've got a, and they and they run a regular comedy club as well. I think they're on a, on a, on a Friday. Yeah. So you know it's good. I, I mean to be honest, going to watch other teams uh, play football because it comes down to it at the end of the day. If you want to go and watch football and you're watching football at home or it's on the TV, wherever it's local, you're going to go and watch the game, and that's because that's what you want to do. Uh, and I get it, you know, there is this, the tribal uh, position that people take up and they've got away the colours, they've got to shit, you know, I get all of that, I totally understand it, but, you know, being a football fan or a supporter or a follower or whatever it is, there's across a spectrum and, you know, not everyone holds the centre ground. There are some people that are actually in the margin or along the margin or move along the margin in terms of whether they are... Uh, uh, a supporter of uh, Liverpool or Arsenal or Chelsea or Spurs or Manchester City or Manchester, you know, they, they're not the ones that everyone always talks about. They go, they slip in, they watch the game and they leave quietly. And uh, uh, they are the, the fans that may actually be on the verge of looking to say, you know what, I like this, but I want to go and watch something else. And uh, it, it's proof has is the case that there was a breakaway in Manchester for some of the fans who didn't like what was happening at Manchester United and yeah. then to put started in their own club and, and many of the local Manchester uh, particularly I say Manchester because I'm a Manchester United supporter that a lot of them go on and support Salford it's it's there and it's it happens yeah. it's one of those things um, funnily we, enough the, yeah. the, you know the guys who are investing heavily into that club are guys that you know and and for me that is a real for it's such a feel-good story just going slightly off subject mm. to see the neville brothers beckham 
skulls, these guys that made massive amounts of money out of football, mm. they could have just gone out there and said, right, you know what, I, I want to, it's all about me, I want to get into management, I want to manage a top club, I want to do this and that. You know, these guys have actually invested into a club that really needed the investment and it's from their community. Mm. Um I mean, the fact that David Beckham's created a football club in Miami is by the by. Uh, we'll, we'll have to have a whole podcast about that on its own. Uh, but, you know, Salford FC, a very good example of people reinvesting their finances into grassroots football and making a, a very, very small club into, into a half-decent club and a good place to play. Yeah, very much so. All right, we have literally run to time. Uh, I'm going to say thanks to Ty for joining me on the pod this week. Hi, Ty. No problem. No problem. Uh, I'm Rodney Cyrus. This is On and Off the Picture Sporting Podcast, and we've been talking about football on the horizon and asked a very simple question, where are the fans? Uh, Until next time, I'll see you soon. Bye for now.